Hello, everybody. Welcome to All Villa, No Filler. Please do like and subscribe. Subscribe if you hate the blues. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, all those places, you know, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, well, that was a miserable experience. You know, my internal voice turned into the voice of Mark Lawrenson at his absolute zenith when he was on BBC commentary back on the, back in the day. All I could hear in my head was, you know, I don't really like football. I, I don't even know why I watch football, really. It's absolute rubbish, really, isn't it? And that's generally how my voice has been for most of the time that I've supported Aston Villa, just because there's been so many down moments or frustrating moments. But since Professor Unai Emery arrived at Aston Villa, there have been very, very few lows and there have been highs that rival the tips of the Himalayas. There are Sherpas walking up the Himalayas going, Aston Villa fans are even higher than this. They're at a higher altitude. People flying in planes thinking the Villa fans are up there in space somewhere. Well, I felt a bit like I wanted to be in space on the dark side of the moon after the first 15 minutes tonight. Um, well, Villa started well in the first three minutes. John McGinn outmuscled a Chelsea player, knocked it into the area. There were one or two moments where he thought, oh, Villa could get an early goal here and, you know, can take control of the game and here we go. But from about the third minute through to Chelsea's goal, you could just feel the momentum swing. Chelsea came to the game with a very precise game plan, knew exactly what they were doing. Um, and, uh, you know, what I thought happened generally was that every time Aston Villa got the ball, Chelsea would go into this sort of mid-block shape where you would have Enzo Fernandes and Moises Casado would both push up and stand just off Douglas Luiz and Bubakar Kamara. And then, <clears throat> pardon me, got something in my throat. Uh, and then Carlos and Longley would push high with the high line, but then you'd have Conor Gallagher and Cole Palmer both on them. And I felt Chelsea were ferocious in their press on Longley tonight because they know, teams know, that Aston Villa like to start their play with the left centre-back pressing forward and finding that pass. is a good player. He's not as good on the ball as Pau Torres. But I'm not even that certain Pau Torres would have made much of a difference against Newcastle and tonight with the way those teams were structured and the way they pressed. And the thing was, with those Chelsea players all boxed in so tight, it meant that Villa's four, you know, the two centre-backs and the two in the middle were all boxed tight. It felt like Kamara and Luiz were in a straight line and neither one of them were really making any moves. And it just felt like the two centre-backs would look up and go, well, I don't know where to pass the ball. What do I do? And so, in the end, they just end up lumping it long, which is exactly what happened against Newcastle. So, <clears throat> something else that would happen is we would push it out wide, and then you would get Nicholas Jackson or Madueke who would press high onto our fullbacks. So they wouldn't give us time to play out from the back. A repetition of what happened against Newcastle. Really, really similar game. Uh, and so, as a result, what happened was that it felt like Aston Villa were looking around a little bit like we'd all just, you know, uh, for want of a better term, uh, been on the dope or something. Been, 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 you know, look, when you used to meet students at uni, you'd been on, you'd smoked a bit of, bit of weed. And, uh, 
you know, just a little bit not quite, not quite the, all there, are they? They're a little bit, a little bit half second delay, two second delay, and it felt like Villa were just a little bit dopey. Um, and I think part of that was that it was just that Chelsea's game plan was so worked so perfectly that it left us looking around a little bit like don't really know what to do now. Some players on the pitch have to take hold of that, take hold of the game and work it out from there. But at the same time, it's also for Emery to learn from what happened against Newcastle and basically learn from what happened tonight and figure out a way to change it. Um, you know, because I look at Manchester United on Sunday and I think they're just going to do exactly the same thing. I can already see Garnacho pressing on our right back. I can already see Marcus Rashford pushing up where against our uh, our uh, left back or right back. Um you know, uh, I could see uh, Hoyland pressing high against uh, a Longley or Palteros, whoever it is. So, you know, we're going to have to... If teams are just going to keep doing this to us, and I'm, in two weeks in a row, we've had two teams do exactly the same thing. It's both worked It's worked both times. Well, then we're going to have to figure out something, aren't we? Uh, and it just felt like, like the shape just wasn't quite right for Villa tonight and uh, I wouldn't say it was on the players but it just felt like the way Chelsea had prepared themselves and that the, the way they disrupted Villa left Villa's players all at sixes and sevens just unable to focus and unable to find that pass and let's face it as well you know a lot of players were subpar and it's not that's not all on Chelsea's performance that is on Villa as well you know T Lemon's had a, a pretty you know, he's been very good for us since about September um, he had a pretty Big off night tonight, I thought. Kamara had a real off night. Um, he was pulling into that back three. Cash would push forward when he when he was in that back three. It it just felt a little bit like it didn't quite work. Um Bailey and Cash didn't seem to have quite quite an understanding with each other. Um, and something else I would say as well, very sorry. I mean, it's been a very long time since I've been this relentlessly negative on a Villa podcast, but it's not negativity. It's just saying what I kind of saw and saying what probably a lot of Villa fans saw as well. Um, you know, I think one other thing I would say, now, if you think back to the Stevie G era, you know, where he's waiting for a little bit of a moment of magic, he just needs a bit of a moment of magic. I'm going to pick all the wrong players and put them in a weird shape that doesn't work and then blame the players somehow. I'm not saying it, you know, uh, he didn't blame the players directly, but it always kind of felt a little bit like the players were, you know, could be blamed for things. Um, but what I would say is, uh, you know, during the moments of magic era where there was no magic, like Gandalf with a staff that didn't work, um, was that Gerard would never make good substitutions, ever. Um, and then you looked at even the Sardine era, you know, the Halkion days of Sardine Smith. And uh, there's not a lot to criticize Smith for in his era, but I think one thing you could say is that he would often leave it too late to make substitutions. Um, and it felt like ever since Professor Uno walked in the door, um, in the Professor era, it's felt like substitutions have been made at the right time and had the um, requisite impact as a result. But I would say that against Newcastle and against um, Chelsea, on both occasions, substitutions happened too late. And so we had two really bad first-half performances against Newcastle and Chelsea. And I would have thought maybe a change should be made at half-time just to add something different, add a different dimension, add a bit of energy. And instead, the substitutions were made in the 70th minute. 
And when those substitutions happened, they tended to um, change the game. You know, when Bailey came on against Newcastle, it was brilliant. When Diaby and Ramsey came on, uh, it made a difference, added a bit of a, a, a more energy. And I just can't help but wonder, well, what if they'd just come on at half time? You know, on both occasions, you know, Villa maybe got an early goal and where it goes from there, who knows? Uh, instead, it just felt like it, it, le it was left a little bit too late. Very rare do I have uh, criticism of um, Professor Uno, but I just felt, I don't know, I feel like this, he'll have his reasons, but I just felt like the subs could have happened at better occasions. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, a really rubbish performance. It was rubbish. It was rubbish. A few players were terrible tonight. I think Chelsea aren't that great side. I think they've got a squad that's a bit of a mess. But they do have a couple of brilliant players in there. Enzo Fernandez, for instance, that free kick summed up his performance. He was fantastic. Um, Madawiki and uh, Malagusto. Malagusto looks a real player, doesn't he? I thought the two of them were really good on the right. And I felt that when Moreno would push forward, they would get that ball out there quite often. And it felt like they were getting a lot of joy out on that right-hand side. They were causing us real problems out there. Uh, Cole Palmer and um, Conor Gallagher with their press were really good. Uh, and it just felt like, you know, a Villa pass would be blocked by a Chelsea player. Um, it felt like when there was a 50-50, Chelsea would generally win it. It just felt like Chelsea, once they got that first goal, the confidence was lifted, the mentality was right, and uh, the game plan was there, and it worked. And Villa's just kind of went away, faded away, and we just looked like we were... Uh, not quite right. Manchester United next. They are going to do exactly the same thing. They're going to press high. They're going to be high energy. Count, we have to get through that first 20 minutes without conceding a goal. I'm going to the game uh, on Sunday. I went to see us beat them 3-1 in Professor Unai's first game. I went in 1995 when we beat them 3-1. I went in uh, And I went to Wembley in 1994 at the Coca-Cola Cup final when we beat them 3-1. So this Sunday, we better beat them 3-1 again. Um, I'm hoping we will, but it's it's hard not to feel a little bit of a little bit jittery about Villa right now. Um, performances haven't been brilliant since about late December. Uh, in late December, I thought it was Decemberitis. A lot of games, injuries, all those sorts of things. At the moment, it's just feeling a little bit like other teams now are preparing better for us. We've got to react. You know, we're a top team. Other teams are going to prepare better for us because they know they have to. They don't want to get blown away like Sheffield United were. Um, so uh, Man United, I'm sure, will be working as hard as they possibly can to have a game plan right to play Aston Villa. And uh, they'll press high they'll, and then they'll go into a mid-block and they'll try and um, you know make it difficult for us to play out. Uh, hopefully Pau Torres is back because he's the best ball player uh, you know, in that part of the pitch. Um, so yeah, uh, just needs to get back on form quickly. Um, just because again, I have lived through the John Gregory 98 99 season, I've lived through the O'Neill seasons, you know, where on all those occasions we got to February and faded away. We've said with Professor Unai for uh, since he came in that how many performances have there been where you would say the Villa of old would have done this, but this Villa don't do that. You know, the Villa of old would have, um, you know, lost this game, but Villa went, came back, fought back and won it. Or the Villa of old wouldn't have, you know, got a result here. Um, so, you know, the Villa of old would fade away in February. We have to show with our, some of the world-class players that we have 
We're not a team that's going to fade away. We're not a team that's going to feel the pressure. We're a team that would feel like we belong and can compete right at the top of this league because we can. We've shown we can. Um, yes, the injuries don't help, particularly to concert, um, Mings, Buendia, uh, you know, you name it. Um, but a lot of teams this season have had a lot of injuries and it's, you just got to, you got to roll with it. And, uh, it's tight. A few players may have to step up and it's for Unai Emery as well to learn from what's happened at Newcastle and against Chelsea and to figure out a way that it does not happen again against Manchester United and maybe a tweak here, a tweak there and a few players to, you know, step up and, uh, you know, perform better than they did tonight. So, yeah, let me know what you think. Frustrating to go out the FA Cup. It's a feeling we're very bloody used to, isn't it? Um, you know, bloody used to going out the FA Cup, you know. Um, you know, but let me know what you think. As I say, please like, subscribe. Please write nice reviews as well if you can. If you like what we do on Apple, Spotify, on Spotify phone, you can get, go on and give us five stars if you like us. Do the same on Apple, five stars, and you can write a nice little review. It just helps, you know, helps us keep the podcast going. Thanks very much for listening to me rambling on. I'll be amazed if anyone did, but thank you if you did. And uh, as I always say, up the mighty Aston Villa.